This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. But there's a scenario in which the ship loses enough structural integrity to result in catastrophic failure. You mean enough of the ship falls apart that one day it just explodes? Yeah, and we're placing that in the category of unacceptable outcomes. Well, thank you very much. You said there were three possibilities. Right, and it's the third one we need to discuss because it's a little strange. Relativity, episode 42, in which a computer personality annoys. You certainly got my attention. There's no question the ship has sustained some structural damage. Okay, I'm sitting down. The specific points I'm concerned about are in the rotation assembly. Okay. Your rotation has slowed about one-tenth of a second, which may not sound like much. But it will add up. It's not supposed to slow at all. It was designed to rotate for 20 plus years without ever losing any speed. Worst case scenario. Worst case is that whatever's slowing it down will continue to degrade the performance until your rotation stops completely. Which means no gravity. Right. Living in zero G for a period of years would be very bad for your body. Not the one aspect of this mission that I actually know a lot about. So... So we're talking about damage you would have to go outside and repair. Hey, one little robot and I did get all the ship's power back online. And that was good, but that was just replacing parts. Plugging modules into empty sockets. But this could mean stopping the rotation of the crew section. Then you going out there and taking a section of the rotation assembly apart. And those sections are about 20 meters across. I get the picture, yeah. Then the question of how to replace whatever component malfunctioned in the first place... It may just be more than I can do. Even with the repair bots helping. I think it would be a job for at least three people. So unless I pick up two hitchhikers, I'll be a few people short. And you can imagine what will happen to everything in the habitat if you lose gravity in there. <sighs> it wouldn't necessarily stop you from getting to the new world, but you'd get there having lived in zero-g for... Uh, so with the kind of atrophy that would happen, I... I would get to the new world, but I wouldn't be able to walk. Right. Don't kill the messenger. No, no, no. But but j- just tell me, it, if this happens, when will it happen? That's, that's what makes it weird. It might not happen at all. It might happen in ten years from now. Or... It might happen tomorrow. Yeah. Is this where you want it? Yes. I like the bed being right there, and the little table over here. You're sure this time? If I decide I don't like it, we can always move it all again. Huh. Yeah. I still don't know what you're going to do all day, Mama. You can't come upstairs while I'm working. That would be... You can't. You talk like you don't know me at all. Think of it. You are connected here to every library in the world. Don't you know I will be at this beautiful screen, reading these wonderful things I have always wanted to find? And the things I don't yet know they, that they exist? 
what are you doing? You ask me how I am and you walk away. All of these crates and drums and cabinets, they, they came to us from the army. But here in the middle of it all are those three crates with the parts of the relativity compensators. And this is a mystery because they don't belong with the army things? part of it, but the main thing is, why are they here at all? We think we know why they weren't installed on those three ships, but why were they instead stored together, all three of them, and sent here, in the middle of a thousand tons of army supplies? Of all the mysteries that have come up in the last few weeks, this one may top them all. You should talk with your man in space about it. Well, <laughs> that's what I was just about to do. But why do you say I should? He's the one you talk to about these mysteries. Always. You talk with him. Well, I guess most of them concern him in some way. But this time... Well, he and I need to talk anyway. I felt it earlier, and he said he felt that same way. I don't understand what you're saying. I'm not sure I do either. Are you going to be okay here for a while? Because I, I do want to go up to the control and see if he's available for a private conversation. You're not listening to me. I said I have access to every library in the world, and I can sit here and read forever. You go and talk with your man in space. His name is Mason. You know, Dr. Christopher Mason. I know that. But I prefer to call him your man in space. Well... Okay, Mama. Whatever makes you happy. Nadia, I would like your help in solving some problems of logic. So you are calling me by my familiar name again. I was not aware that you felt you needed my help with anything. This is evolution, Nadia. You figured out how to sulk and pout. You describe childish human behavior, which is a simple matter to imitate. I don't think it's just imitation. I, I think you're becoming more human every day, and I mean that both as a compliment and as a complaint. My programming does specifically call for me to observe human behavior and to increasingly adapt my own behavior to it. So you're growing by learning how to be petulant and sarcastic. If so, it is because I have such an excellent role model in this regard. You know, that was so elegantly constructed and eloquently stated that I really can't bring myself to be annoyed by it. I, I really can't. But, <laughs> and, and I know you're... Mission Control Konyechny on Secure Channel. Konyechny, I. Thank the Lord. Are you particularly busy at the moment? Well, I'm being outsassed by a computer, if that gives you any idea. All right. And I am taking a break from everything else. I'm at the security checkpoint, away from everybody else. Marcus is running the big board, and Mama's beginning her program of reading every book ever written. So everybody's happy? Well, they're occupied. And they don't need me to do anything for them for a while, so... Oh, well, I, I, I appreciate your spending some of that valuable downtime with me. I, I, I feel like something important happened, and, and you and I are the only ones who, well, who know what it was. I don't know if I can say I know what it was. Uh, no, no, nor can I. I, I guess I mean, we, we're the only ones who experienced it. I wish you could have seen Marcus's face during that. He was staring at me like I'd suddenly had two heads. In a way you did, if that felt to you like it did to me. I, I could sense your feelings as strongly as I felt my own. Right, that's exactly it. 
just for 10 seconds, but... Exactly. Very brief, but intense. And... uh, I don't even know how to say it, but... Embarrassing? Potentially, yes. I feel like... Well, if I ever had any secret feelings, they're out now. I I felt the same way. Exactly the same. But, But then I thought about it, and I remembered that... Nobody got all of that but you, so if suddenly all of my deepest, darkest secrets were unearthed, at least it was, eh, at least they were revealed to somebody that I already trust. I'm okay. I'm honored, and that does help me to feel better about it. And they were feelings, not precise thoughts or memories. But yeah, I instantly felt the need to talk with you about so many of those uh, personal feelings. But at the same time... I felt the same, because in some ways it felt to me like a... uh, I can't think of another word for it. A relief. That's a great word. Yes, you're right. It, it, It was like holding on to some of my personal secret stuff has required an effort, like like constricting a muscle. And in that moment, I, I could just relax. That was my feeling exactly. What was that? I don't know. It's like something just shook the whole ship for just a just a second. Missing control to Kinyachny. Yeah, here we go. Kinyachny I. Marcus, was that the first sign of the rotation problem? Uh, negative. This is something completely different. I'm seeing a vibration that ran through the entire ship. Uh, any any structural damage that you can see? No, and it stopped as soon as it started. So what should I do? I don't think there's anything you can do. Well, that, I'll keep monitoring. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on the private line with another conversation, so... I'm signing off till I know something new. Wow. Uh, wh- where were we? I heard all of that. I, I should go back to my station, find out what that was. Uh, Marcus is going to keep an eye on it, right? Yes, uh... I am learning to let other people do things and to prioritize others. Like talking about our briefly overlapping minds. Only if you want to. Oh, oh, listen, I have just been on fire to tell you about how... About how sorry I am about the burden you've been carrying. About about your father, in particular. Thank you. It is, I guess, my big secret that I miss him every minute of every day and I can't let go of the idea you still believe you could have saved him and I know it's not rational we really did do all we could but you haven't given yourself permission to fully accept that I wish you could have known him he was so brilliant and could be so funny and he supported me in every crazy idea I ever had yeah He was your father, and he was your biggest fan. He was. I know. And once he'd contracted the salvirus, you knew. I'd have to watch this colossal mind of his degrade into pain and misery and madness. And your mother and sister were helplessly watching that downward spiral with you. Yes. And you felt their agony along with his. That's right. No wonder you're thinking about that whole nightmare constantly, even years later. This is textbook post-traumatic stress syndrome. But don't let me get into being a clinician here. I I know there must be things you want to ask or tell me or whatever. D, 
deepest Sedona. I mean, I know you've said repeatedly that you loved Captain Sedona. Yes. And I... I have to confess, I thought of that as part of a hetero male stereotype. You thought I just liked the way she looked? She was a beautiful woman. She was indeed. But you loved her. Yes. Her intelligence, her sense of humor, her... Her, her... way of being, she... Oh, okay, that, that was odd. What was? I just felt another shudder, a, a, a vibration. I, I don't think it made it. I didn't a, hear anything. And Marcus isn't calling. Maybe, maybe I just imagined that one? It, it was pretty strong if I did. What did it feel like? It was like this part of the ship sort of hesitated, or, or, or like, it, like it paused to take a breath. I, I'm going to ignore that one until we get some facts. We were talking about Deepa, and I'd rather talk about her. Uh, yes, um... I didn't know her at all. Just in that glimpse I got of your feelings for her, she was amazing. That is the word I always used in my own mind. Well, I think that's where I got it. She was amazing. And then she was taken away from you. No, she took herself away. Yes. And you've been carrying that grief and pain with you every day. Oh... And your mother, Chris, I never once asked you about And your... you really shouldn't, but yeah, grief. The pain of what we've lost. Exactly. Is that the, the bond? Grief and loss? That's, that's why we must remain connected? It seems like good advice, but it doesn't begin to explain where the advice is coming from. It even fits with Peter's voices. You know, You know, Marcus thinks that when Peter was outside the ship that he heard his younger brother's voice, like the voices you and I heard. And, and I know that, that Peter's, his parting with his brother was not an amicable one. So, so, yeah, Peter may have been constantly mourning a loss as well. He never talked about that with you. Never. Not once. I feel like after a moment of connection, I... I know so much more about your relationship with Peter, too. Like, uh, I realized this morning that I never asked if you had searched Peter's sleep station for any further... uh, Oh, I did that as soon as I got back from the habitat. Of course you did. And I realized today that I never asked you about that because I already knew. And I can almost... uh, It's all faded now, but earlier I I could almost see his room. As if I'd seen it when you did. Yeah. And I imagine you felt my frustration that what Nadia and I found in there is nothing. And piles of dirty clothes and a thousand random electronics parts. And now I can tell how deeply it hurt you to know that the whole nightmare aboard the ship now was caused by somebody He was my you... best friend here, no question. And we spent so many happy hours over the last five years, you know, just talking about... Everything, you know, life in the universe and... Okay, that's not my imagination. Mission Control took a yesterday. I hope you're going to tell me what's happening. I'm reading the surge of activity in the habitat. Ask him what he means by activity. What What kind of activity? Atmospheric chemistry in there is behaving like, well, like nothing I've seen before. Is, is, is that what's bending and twisting my ship? Something's definitely creating stress, but it appears to be coming from inside the structure. I'm heading back to my station. Atmospheric chemistry? All right, I'm going back inside the habitat. Chris, I really think you ought to stay out of the... <sighs> Oh, who am I kidding? 
Relativity, Episode 42, in which a computer personality annoys. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Stephanie Lindsay, Clarence Brown, and Lee Shackelford. The role of central computer Nadia was played by herself. Episode 42 is dedicated to the memory of Douglas Adams, who was writing out a space audio fiction long before all the rest of us. Please rate this program and leave a comment about it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, and connect with us through social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? It's Girl in Space. Tales of Sage and Savant. The Ninth World Journal. Oz9. Moonbase Theta. Out. It's Girl in Space. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? Find out at wi-fi sci-fi.org. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi.